You've played the missions, but do you really know the lore? We are here to be your guides. Your guardians. This is Guardians of Lore. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night, Guardians. Welcome to Guardians of Lore. This is episode 132, recorded October 31st, 2021. The topic for this episode is Tales of the Forgotten Part 2. I am your host for this episode, and my name is Orchid. And I am Elemist. Happy Halloween! Yeah, happy Halloween to you too. Super spoopy. I have some podcast info for you. We encourage feedback. It can be sent to us on Twitter at guardians underscore lore. You can tweet at me at hey it's orchid or you can tweet at elemist at i underscore am underscore elemist. You can send us an email at guardians underscore lore at outlook.com. You can leave us a review wherever you can find the podcast or you can find us in our discord which is uh, discord.gg slash lorehub, or there is also a link to the invite in the episode description. I'm proud of you. You remembered it. Thank you. I did. You didn't even have it written down. What up? Right. I know. My brain is full of things today. I think it's all the cold medicine I just took. <laughs> you can also uh, find our info on thelorenetwork.com, alongside many impressive lore content creators, we're still there. There it is. I checked. I didn't. That's a lie. I'm just assuming we're still there. I can check right now. I mean, does, does it matter? No. No. Oh, no. I just checked. We are still there. <laughs> I'm a site admin. What are they going to do? Kick me off? Let's put us back. Well, and, and at that point... Like it's it's literally just kicking me off, not you. Exactly. Well, I'll just put I'll put you back. I mean, I can't live without you. So. Oh. This week at Guardian, I know. God, I'm a glutton for punishment. You are. I you know. This week at Guardians of Lore, uh, the Twoggle. Happy Halloween. Are you doing anything tonight? I'm watching a shit ton of horror movies. Better you than me. Any like particular ones, or are you just you know searching for horror on Netflix and then you know watching the first one that you come across? Well, so I have I have already started. Uh, I started with the Blair Witch Project, and then Blair Witch, which came out in like 2016. Mm-hmm. Next up is going to be Dead Silence, and then Trick or Treat, Young Frankenstein, and because I I'm doing all like the hardcore horror early on, I'm going to be wrapping up the night with like some lighter kid stuff like hocus pocus or casper mm-hmm. so that's that's my plan that and playing pokemon uh what about you i'm gonna play animal crossing because i have trick-or-treating to do with my villagers and probably watch hocus pocus because i do that every year yeah it's something i like doing i also have my otter onesie that is my costume and I'll probably play destiny because I have a lot of uh, lost sectors that I still need to run to get all the pages finished by Tuesday. <laughs> by the time the episode comes out, um, a festival will be over, which is sad because I enjoy it every year. Cause I like all of the decorations and the tower and the spoopy music and like the atmosphere is just like so much fun. 
but you know, it has to, all the fun stuff has to come to an end or it wouldn't be fun and it wouldn't be special if it, we had it all the time. Yeah. So that's like, that's the fun part of, you know, having festivals like that. It's the same thing with the dawning. I love the dawning as well. So and then we have the dawning to look forward to in January and the end of December. So yay, dawning is coming. So we can look forward to that, making <laughs> lots of cookies for people in our dumb ovens. So that'll be fun. We've got quite a bit going on before that, though. We do. We do. That'll be uh, we December 7th is when it starts, I think. The 30th anniversary stuff? Yeah. Is that when the, the 30th anniversary? Yeah. Unfortunately, before then, in November, they're pretty much like, there is nothing to do. <laughs> Enjoy your time doing nothing. <laughs> do your catalyst. Actually, I think what they, they pretty much said is... Have fun clearing your quest catalog. <laughs> Clear your quest catalog. <laughs> no. Uh, I don't. No. I mean, I finished the, the title for the season already. Oh, so did I. Fuck that. Thankfully, my friends were really on top of like making sure I had all of the weekly stuff done. Mm -hmm. So I didn't have to go back and scramble to find things, which was really nice. I guess I could go and do like the destiny dishes and like check off all of those like boxes. But I don't really want to because I just have <sighs> there's something about destiny dishes. Yeah. That's what my friends and I call like the like weekly boxes that you have to complete. Oh, like the 10 week call them destiny dishes. The seasonal challenges. Got it. Yeah. Destiny dishes. Sure. Because it feels like you're doing the dishes because they feel like chores. Some of them do. I, I agree on that. All of them do. All of them do. It feels like a chore list. So we call them dishes. It, like, honestly, I get a lot of them done just by doing the things I normally would be doing. It, it's usually the last like 10 or so that feel like a chore because it's you're filling in those holes. Oh, yeah. I mean, a lot of them to me are like, go use a shotgun and kill 200 enemies. Like, okay, I guess I can do that. It's the ones where it's like use weapons that you don't usually use in this specific activity that you're not doing. Yeah. And then I'm just you know, doing a really big sigh and just I'm like, okay, I can do that. But it feels like a waste of time because what am I doing? I'm getting bright dust at the end. But I guess it's something to do in November because there's not much to do. So. Well, and, and it's a large amount of bright dust. 4,000. It's not even enough to get an outfit. No, but that's enough for two exotic ghosts. Three exotic ghosts. I can or I can just spend six dollars and buy it. But for those people who don't want to spend money. Are we going to have this argument again about like the time in game? Well, no, like I, I agree with Worth. you. I am on that point, <laughs> but I am okay. also looking at it from the other side. Okay. For the people who don't want to dump money into silver. Right. That's enough for, you know, an exotic sparrow, an exotic ghost, an exotic ship. For you know. the people who don't want to put money into silver but still want silver, this is the way that I do it. You can use Bing. And when you use Bing enough, you can turn that into like Microsoft money 
And with the Microsoft points, you can buy Xbox Live cards for Xbox. And then with that, you can buy silver. That's how I do it. Except you'll have to use Bing. Yeah, I like Bing. I don't. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but I like Bing. So I'm the weirdo that likes Edge because it's faster. Edge is just the newest version of Internet Explorer, which is the best browser to download other you know browsers with. So Exactly. But I mean, that is a way to get um, a bunch of silver. Because people have asked me, they're like, how have you dumped so much money into silver? It's, it's not dumping money into silver. It's dumping Microsoft's money into silver. It's not my money. And, and that's fair. Uh, yeah. It's just, I, I also see it from the person who all they want to do is just play the game and actually get the rewards through the game. Yeah. Because I have a few clanmates that are like that. That's true. I mean... You do you. So I, I see it from their perspective as well. Right. <sighs> Me personally, I dump like 20 bucks into silver or 30 bucks, whatever. I just, I can't justify like the massive number of hours to go through all of those tasks. <clears throat> like just for 4,000 bright dust. I would rather die. And if it was 10,000 bright dust, like 1,000 bright dust each week, I would do it. No, like, yeah, I, I I do agree with that. Like, if you completed it each week and then they just handed you a thousand bright dust each week for doing it, I'd be like, yes, I will do that. But like I said, it, a lot of them are, are stuff that I'm going to be doing anyway, like, you know, playing 20 rounds of trials, completing a GM. Right. You know, go do the seasonal activity. Like, it's all stuff I'm going to be doing anyway. So at this point, they're just rewarding me for playing the game how i normally would yeah but at the same time though but then it's it's like i said the last 10 or so are the ones that are that feel like you know doing dishes mm -hmm. you have to go out of your way to set up a loadout specifically for what you need and then go into a playlist you probably don't want to play mm -hmm. so that's every week for me though <laughs> Not everybody hates most everything like you. <laughs> it's not that I hate it. It's that I either can't do it or it's, you know, Team Scorch. I'd rather gouge my eyeballs out with a melon baller. Team Scorch is the worst. Exactly. Not everybody hates it as much as you do. God, I, Team Scorch can just die in a fire. Or tw a pile of Scorch cannon. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> Anyway, um, so trials changes this weekend. How did that feel? The internet sure has opinions. I've been afraid of of how it it's gonna feel, so I haven't actually jumped in. I jumped in a little bit. So coming at it from someone who did a lot of old trials versus new trials, this feels a lot like old trials, at least with how salty people are being. So, I mean, it feels very familiar to me, so I'm just fine with it. Everyone else is real mad about it. And I'm like, yeah, well, <laughs> get used to it. Sorry. What they've changed, really, if we want to kind of go over that a little bit. 
So in the TWAB this past week, they went over um, freelance trials and how those numbers looked. And they actually said that the number of people who were in freelance versus the number of people who were in fire teams actually looked pretty consistent, which was great. So that actually um, they compared that to the number of blowouts and they're trying to keep that consistent as well. So by their definition, a blowout is a five zero like five rounds of one team winning all of those rounds versus one team winning none of those games. And all of us know that that feels really, really bad because no one wants to be dumpstered by the other team. And honestly, no one really wants to dumpster the other team. That's boring. Like hate it when games go like that. It feels, it feels good in the short term, but when you have a bunch of games like that, you're not improving as a player and it almost makes it boring. Well, and, and games like that feel cheap. It feels like you aren't ever going to improve. And you kind of sleep through it. I don't know. It, maybe it's just me as a player, but I want more exciting games. I'm not saying every single game has to be, oh, I'm coming back from like two like two down and you're the only person still left alive and you have to, you know, kill everybody on the other team. I'm not saying that, but, you know, make it a little more consistent. The times that I've come out of a match just feeling really good about myself, my team, Mm -hmm. it's usually because we went five and four. Right. You know, if we go five and oh or five and one, it's like, oh, well, yeah, on to the next. Mm hmm. But typically the five and fours are the closer matches. They're pitting people against each other with similar skills or skill levels. Right. So it's, I agree with you. They did mention that in trials, uh, the actual for freelance playlist, they are not using skill-based matchmaking, which is why the teams felt so unbalanced. As we both mentioned that. And so they are seeing if they're going to be able to do that but it's for trials you really can't use skill-based matchmaking because you're using card-based matchmaking so that would be using two different ways to match a team and i don't know if they would be able to do that it's already hard enough to find a game based on how many wins you have on a card And then adding on top of that, like what your KD is or whatever your like hidden ELO is for this game mode or for Crucible in general. So to try to balance those two things together and actually find like a balanced game is difficult for people in the United States. That would be a little bit easier because, you know, we have more people. But if you're in Australia, that's almost impossible. Because, like, there's nobody down there. You're going to be matching against, you know, the same 10 people. Yeah. Or you're not going to be finding matches at all. Because I know some people just sit there and they keep waiting for matches. And they don't find them. So if they have skill-based matchmaking, like, forget it. They do want to keep bringing free, uh, freelance back, though. That is something that they want to try to keep doing. Mm-hmm. Because they like the vibe of the queue is their actual quote from the TWAB. They like the vibe of the freelance queue. And I kind of liked it too. 
It was kind of fun. I I I got frustrated on card four. I I didn't (laughs) like I didn't go flawless. I didn't either. I ended up doing two cards up to five wins, and then I got a loss. Um, Mm -hmm. Card three, I got a loss on game two, and then card four, I got a loss on game three, I think. But for all the games that I lost, like I was consistently the best player on my team, and since I'm a subpar Crucible player, I know that's an issue. (laughs) Like, it just means that you have to be the leader. You know you can be deep down inside. Just you have to dig real deep to be that leader and show them to victory. <laughs> I'm gonna disappoint you here. I'm oh, not no. that person. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Consider me disappointed. I'm not that person. Uh, goodness gracious. So they did talk about the flawless pool changes and this is flawless pool has been a huge point of contention since they decided that they were going to make the flawless pool after week one. Oh my God. So this is their new system. Mostly the flawless pool. If you are not completely familiar with it, this is your first episode. This is episode 132. Welcome. <laughs> this is a Destiny lore podcast. If you don't know what Destiny is, <laughs> look it up. We try to make it so you don't have to do the homework of reading all the lore in the game. I'm saying this for a reason. If you know, you know. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, uh, the flawless pool, the changes, mainly the flawless pool was really frustrating for a lot of people because apparently incentivized a lot of behavior to reset your card at six wins instead of seven for people who did a lot of carries. So they didn't actually end up going flawless. But a lot of the metrics that Bungie was seeing actually didn't see that happening. Instead, it did actually put people into this flawless pool. Uh, They started out making the flawless pool on Friday, and then they pushed it back to Sundays at 10 a.m. Pacific. That's my time zone, West Coast, Best Coast. Um, Which is awkward if you live anywhere but in America. That's like 4 a.m., Australian Eastern Daylight Time on Monday morning. That's a dumb time. So, I mean, and I don't know. That's what? 10, 11, 12, 1, 6 p.m. on Sundays. If you live in the UK, that's dumb too. So the timing is really awkward depending like on where you live they are absolutely correct because it's just reset time but on sundays so well and and for the people who live outside the u.s like you said it was what like 6 p.m for uk yeah that one is awkward um but Mm -hmm. like the australian one all that means is they wake up and it's already implemented they don't have to wait around or anything 
No, they wake up and they're going to work anyway because it's Monday. Right. Well, yeah, that I could see that being awkward, but I mean, still. Yeah. Anyway, so their changes that they're implementing starting this weekend. So this weekend going forward, uh, their new system, which I think is going to be the system for the rest of the season, or at least for the next couple of weeks, because at least for November. At least for November, they've said that they need a system that they can actually get good metrics on. And unfortunately, changing a system and just getting metrics for one weekend. And I know this from like a quality assurance standpoint, because I do a lot of QA, QC at work. Like that is my actual job. And you need more than one weekend or one data point set. You need multiple data point sets to actually be able to make an actual qualitative decision or quantitative decision on what it is you're trying to do or whatever study it is you're trying to do. You can't just get one weekend's worth of data and say, yep, this is what we're doing. Solved it. Good. Great. You can't do that. You need multiple data points so you can actually make an informed decision. And that just that's just statistics. Yeah. And, and that's just science. You can be as cranky. You can be cranky fucks about it, but this is the way this is the way science is done. And this is like the proper way to do it. This is the way. Is, sorry. <laughs> so so whatever you match in trials, um, you in addition to trying to match you with people with the same number of card wins, you will also attempt to match with people who have roughly the same number of overall wins for the weekend. My goodness. If you can't find anyone to match against, it will eventually expand out to find you a less similar match. So people who go flawless 10 times a weekend, like my friend Kenny, they will end up matching with other player players who have, for example, 70 plus wins on their card, no matter how they got them. So if you've gone flawless 10 times a weekend, then... You're going to match other people who went flawless 10 times a weekend, or you're going to match people who have 70 wins and might never have gone flawless. Yep. So you might have 70 wins and, you know, 80 losses. And therein lies my issue with this system. Yep. So for the average team who gets a lucky flawless in on Friday or Saturday on their first card, well... They'll be matching against other players with around seven wins, no matter how they got them. Whether it's across so. one card or seven cards. Mm-hmm. So they're saying, we are hoping this will give us many of the benefits of the flawless pool system, which is somewhat fairer matches without the significant downsides. Specifically, there should be no major inflection point where everything is smooth prior to a win, and then everything is overly challenging after. So they're hoping this allows them to remove the flawless pool. It does have a potential downside, longer matchmaking times. So the argument is that people would rather just them bringing back week one when there was no matchmaking differences. Everyone just got thrown into the same pool. Whether you had seven flawless cards from the same weekend and you were matchmaking against someone who had 50 losses and two wins 
and that person, the other team could have had seven flawless cards, but also two wins on that same card. This is what people want. And I disagree with that. But we'll see how this new system goes. We'll see. Yeah. It might be a week or two before I actually get the, the courage to jump in again. But I will definitely be hearing how this system has felt to others. Mm-hmm. A lot of it comes down to the fact that people who are very good do not like being matched against people who are also very good because it forces them to have to work for what it is that they are trying to get. They don't like having to work hard. And yet those are same. Those are some of the same people who are like, oh, flawless is too easy. Oh, no. They're the ones that say that people who are bad at the game, which is everybody else, that they should have to work hard for getting the loot. But the people who are just really like either naturally good at it or people who have actually put in the hours to be good at Destiny or whatever shooter, looter shooter it is that they're good at are the ones that say you should gatekeep the lighthouse because it should only be for the best of the best and fuck you guys for, you know, making for dumbing it down and making it easier for other people to get. And to that, I say... I I disagree with it. Right. Like, these are obviously people who weren't around for D1 trials. Mm -hmm. Where, like, you could just have a random LFG group of people who have 0.8 KDs and get to the lighthouse. You know? Well, for the lighthouse now, people are saying it's a lot of it is they want it to be prestigious. And it's not very prestigious if half of the people who went to the lighthouse before were either carried there like me. Like, don't think like I ever got there on my own. Like, <laughs> I was definitely carried like in a backpack every single week. Like, I there is no way I could ever carry anybody there. There's no fucking way. I was sherpaed. <laughs> my potato ass was sherpaed every single week. You're either sherpaed or you had someone recover your account, and people paid that. They paid money to have their account recoved to the lighthouse to get their stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it, it's not prestigious if half the people who have all the trials gear, like myself, weren't even good enough to get it on their own and had to have other people like help them get there. Don't tell me that like your prestigious loot is prestigious if like chuckle fucks like me could get there. It's not. If you're paying for it, or if you're being sherpaed there in a backpack, I'm sorry. No, don't tell me that. Like, that's that's obnoxious. So it's super frustrating to me that they're using that as an excuse. I think the lighthouse should be open to everybody. Hey guys, post-editing Rendell here. Basically... Trials is a better place when we've got more player population in there. You know, just better when we have more people playing the mode. Not really rocket science. Anyway, back to the show. And and I completely agree. Like, mm-hmm. gatekeeping is 
bullshit. And, it is bullshit. And like I, I know I've been on both sides of this argument because I've gotten an awesome thing in PVE and I, I was like, well, you know, there are people who bought it. But like by making it easier for regular players to get there on their own you won't have to have the carries or the sherpas or anything like that i mean yeah it'll still help but it's not a hundred percent necessary whereas especially in the old trial system like last year's trials i Mm -hmm. definitely would have needed a carry yeah but just this season i've been able to go flawless on my own I think this new system is really good for the community and it fosters a lot more friendships amongst players because you're able to jump in with your friends on the weekend and play. And it's fun. Yeah. Because there are more people playing. Like granted, people are saying like, oh, it's sweatier and I don't like playing. Like, yeah, because you're getting into that part of the season where there are less players you need to have more players playing for it to be more fun. Yes. So you need to have that incentive. So if they had like a random weekend where they were giving away an emblem or something. So if they had like over Thanksgiving, if they had like a turkey trot or something, like I'm serious for a second. If they had like they did yeah. for Festival of the Lost in um, I think it was year two of Destiny one. Something like that. That trials weekend, like if you got up to five wins, you got a special emblem. I actually got that emblem. I remember that. I think I have that too, but it's something like that. Yeah. So if if they did little tiny events like that in trials, you would keep the community engaged. Or if you had like, oh, play this weekend and get to seven wins, regardless of how you get them and then get this weapon drop. This weekend only with this static role. You need to have ways to keep people engaged and keep them in the game. Yeah. I think they need to think of more ways to keep people in the game. And that's how they're going to keep it alive each week, especially in when it comes, you know, down to November when no one is playing. Because it's going to be really hard when no one is going to be touching Destiny with a 10 foot pole when there's just nothing to do. Like even looking at the TWAB, they're they're like, oh, yeah. Iron Banner this week, but there's nothing to do in November. <laughs> like It says, um, you can use this time to catch up on some catalysts, knock out triumphs, or finish anything else taking up space in your quest log. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Neat. I'll do that. Nope. I'll be playing New World. I got the new probably. Pokemon games coming out like halfway through the month, so... Yeah. The last half of November, I'm good. First half, yeah. I've got a couple of GMs to do, and I've got some some blankets to, to grind for, so. Blankets. Cool. Yeah. My birthday's coming up, and the, the Formula One Mexican Grand Prix is November 7th, so I'll be watching that. That's pretty much what I'll be doing in November, and there's Thanksgiving. So you grinded another level up, huh? I did. It was really easy. All I had to do was not die, which actually was harder than you think. <laughs> Especially with the way the last year and a half, two years have gone. Uh, yeah, actually. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's not as easy as you think. Was that life on hard mode? 
Yeah, I know. Is that life on hard mode? <laughs> uh, this has got real dark. <laughs> I'm waiting for New Game Plus. <laughs> oh, God. Is that when you become a guardian? Oof. Maybe. Do you have to die to be New Game Plus? Maybe. When does the Animal Crossing come out? Uh, should be November 5th for the DLC. Ooh. Yes. Frog chair for the win. Holy what? <laughs> frog chair. Frog chair. That's what I'm looking forward to. Frog chair. Oh, yeah. Forza 5 comes out, too. Man, so many good games come out in November. Yeah. I'm going to be calling Destiny Who in November. Just kidding. I'm going to be playing Gambit so I'm going to finish my seal again. I gotta get another pip on my my gambit seal. I, I'm gotta pip I've, that seal. I've got the same. Like I've yep. I'm halfway on wins, halfway on invader kills, or kills as an invader. So like my invader kills are done. I always finish that one first. It's just the wins that one always takes the longest. Mm-hmm. Man, can't wait. Should we listen to a lore network ad? That's what I can't wait for. <laughs> Yes, you can. All right. Here's the Lore Network ad. The Lore Network. Have you ever wished that someone could just read you the lore? Destiny Lore Audiophile may be just the podcast you've been looking for. Join us as we bring the stories of Destiny to life with straight readings of your favorite lore, with no analysis or commentary, or as we breathe life into these tales with acting, sound effects, and music. Currently, you can find Destiny Lore Audiophile on Podbean, Spotify, and iTunes at Destiny Lore Audiophile. Audiophile is spelled with a PH instead of an F. You can find both readings and radio dramatizations of selected lore books and web lores by talented voice actors from the Destiny community. Episode releases will be announced from our Twitter pages, at HeyIt'sOrchid and at RendellZebus, so be sure to follow and subscribe so you don't miss a single performance. See you there. Was that juicy enough for you? It was like biting into a juicy steak. Yeah. It was juicy. How do you, how do you like your steaks? Uh, medium well. Medium well. What? Dad, it's so cooked. Just pass my meat like three feet above the flames, and then put it on a plate. Like if it's not still mooing when it comes out to my table, you've done it wrong. See, there are certain people in my life who eat their steak that way, and I don't do not like them. Okay. Well, and I just always associate it with them. So. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I just want my steak blue. I don't even want it cooked. I just, and, just bring me raw meat. And like I say medium well, but I, I teeter between medium and medium well. No, I just want raw meat. I figured. Just raw meat. But then they're always like, are you sure, ma'am? Like, you do realize it's it's not going to be... I'm like, no, I'm not an idiot. Bring me the raw meat. Just just put it on here. I not want there cooked. to be blood. Yeah, I do they usually say if there will be blood. <laughs>
And when you return, you're back for blood. <laughs> uh. Yes. Brief <laughs> intro to this topic. This lore book is obtained by purchasing them from Eva Levante during the 2021 Festival of the Lost. They are purchased using one currency that's obtained by collecting pages and then cleansing them, which is a different currency using them in the haunted lost sectors because this game loves <laughs> currencies. It's its favorite. Mm-hmm. For the first part of this book, go back and listen to episode 131. That is not a currency. That is an episode. Either way, I'm going to be starting this off with Luna 1. Yay! Oh, yeah, all of this book is about the moon. Last week, if you want to go back and listen to it, it was all about Europa. So this is Luna 1. I've looked beyond this reality, said Eris Morn, lacing her hands together in front of her face. Beyond light and darkness. Wow. I've seen Ahamkara slain by my own blade. I've seen time broken and the veil of causality sundered. Jeez. I've seen my fire team murdered, and their phantoms manifested it to torment me. Eris stared off into the middle distance. I've seen many things I wish I could forget. You've really seen it all, Glint said, and blindfolded. Eris's focus shifted back to the ghost floating before her. But in all my time... The one thing I have never seen. She leaned forward with such deliberate purpose that Glint tilted backward. Is a pumpkin-headed creature with flames shooting out of its face. But what if not even once, little light? Eris said with finality. Not even on the moon. I would have remembered. (laughs) Well... Eris has not seen them. <laughs> she, she's very specific. She has definitely she's definitely seen a lot of shit in her life. I just I love that line from Clint. You've really seen it all and blindfolded. Clint, you don't point out the blindfold. <laughs> like that just hit me and I'm like because I, I know I'm going to cut it out for our listeners because whatever. But like, I read that line. I started reading the next one and then it just hit me. And it broke my concentration for a moment. Yeah, then you started <laughs> laughing. It was funny. Uh, I was muted and I was laughing. <laughs> I just, I love Glint. He's... Very, he doesn't know when to not say certain things. He just says them. He's he has no filter. He's earnest <laughs> and brutally blunt. Yes, he's not saying anything with any kind of malicious intent. No, it's just probably the first thought that came across his mind. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> That's very true. Oh, man. But she does mention um, she has seen her fire team murdered. We do know that. And their phantoms manifested to torment me. Shadow keep. So she has. Yep, the shadow keep. But I do like how she says beyond light. (laughs) 
<laughs> like you said the words. I really can't help myself with this one. Roll credits. <laughs> um, but no, like I, I like she's, you know, commented on, yeah, I've seen Ahamkara slain by my own blade. That's the great Ahamkara hunt. Uh, I've seen time broken and the veil of causality sundered. I'm wondering if that's the stuff we did in season of undying. I'm wondering that too. Like she's just kind of jumping all over the place and she's like, I've seen this and this and this. Mm -hmm. Exactly. She's seen many things and I do like how she says the one thing I've never seen and she leans forward with such purpose that Glint actually tilts backwards. <laughs> I do like that. Yeah. That's very funny. <laughs> oh. Like, just just Glint in this entry is just... Mm -hmm. I completely lost it. And that that is yeah, just amazing. Did. It's very funny. Shall I read the next one? Absolutely. All right. This is Luna 2. From the private notes of Dr. Wade Bao. K1 Dig Site 4. Date unknown. Had my first bout of pre-dormitable sleep paralysis last night. It was expected, given the insomnia. What I didn't expect was for it to feel so real. Now I understand why the miners are scared. The figure standing over me was a shadow, but also solid. My mind was 100% convinced it was physically present. Terrifying. Another surprise was how familiar the shadow seemed. I had the eerie feeling that I would have recognized it if I could have just seen its face. This is related to Revelation. Yes. All the, the spooky shit that went on there. Yes, at the K1 dig site. Yep. The hallucinations, the just all of it. Mm -hmm. And see, now it, it's starting to seem like just everyone there was having insomnia, not just certain individuals. So, yeah, everyone is seeing these hallucinations. And especially since they're talking about sleep paralysis, like that's got to be terrifying. It's um, very scary that this doctor, Dr. Wade Bao, is seeing things from, from K1. And when we last saw it, which was, if you want to go back and listen to those, that's episode 78 through 80, when we went over those, which is a long time ago now, like a good year and a half ago, I think. Right. The different locations from those and that k1 dig site four, those were people when they actually were exposed to to the artifacts that they dug up a lot of the things that they actually experienced was screaming and desperation and they actually just went completely and utterly mad it wasn't just seeing things like right uh, some actually saw loved ones that had previously passed away. There were some that described just this shadowy figure. Everyone saw something. Mm -hmm. it, it wasn't 100% consistent across the board, but 
there were enough consistencies that it was like, oh, hey, we can start like figuring out us, you know, readers, we can start figuring out just some of the similarities. So yeah, this Lost Sector is in Archer's line. Mm-hmm. It's K1 Logistics. Yeah. And and we know that because of an entry that you actually sent me, the Noetic F- Effects. The location, yeah, is K1 Dig Site 4 is Logistics. This one's really important, this actual record with <laughs> Dr. Wade Bao, who we talk about in this entry the specific entry which is why i was looking for it and uh, commander wang zhang is also in it and this is an important entry because he's talking about his first bout of predormitable sleep paralysis in luna 2 but in noetic effects it goes much deeper into what they're actually experiencing from the actual lore entry and this is from the book revelation which we talked about it came out in shadow keep and this was a lore book that you could physically get in shadow keep if you got the collector's edition i think was this the one that came in the that came bound with it no the one that came bound was kind of like a prequel to the lore book okay or supplemental to it so The part that's really interesting says, excuse me, I need to get some rest. Well, I can't explain the mechanism, but tests show neurochemical cascades increasing in frequency and severity over time. Individuals differ in their expression, but there's a clear trend when examined in the aggregate. Approximately 80% of the K1 crew is suffering similarly. Intrusive thoughts, insomnia, narcolepsy, nightmares. In the worst cases, as we saw with Hel Shirel, hallucinations auditory and visual it's a threat to the projects in the 20 percent individuals who've yet to be exposed and yes before you ask i did witness the effect in action and they go into like what happens with you know the other people on the project so um the threat detect is level eight and nine possible psychosis and crew impairment but yeah. if you go back to the episode, we talk in that episode about how they actually end up um, crushing that information. And Clovis Bray, who is the one running this project, no surprise to you, right? decides to snuff the project out, make sure none of the information gets out, actually takes the artifacts, I think, later on to Europa. No. Well, or like, part of the we he, <laughs> we don't know specifically what happens to this one, mm-hmm. but Clovis was getting messages from the one on Europa. He was getting yeah, Clovis was getting messages from the statue on Europa, or an artifact of some sort on Europa. We don't know. And, like, I'm trying to remember it. Um, and it, it might have just been that Clovis... It's been a while. Clovis was getting messages from an artifact, not necessarily this one or the Robin one, but he was getting messages from an artifact. And mm-hmm. it was telling him, go to Europa. Yeah. It's been a while. I'm sure you guys can correct us. 
Send us an email. We're not going to look it up right now. This <laughs> is in the middle of recording. But uh, I thought this was really important, the, this lore entry. You guys can go back and read Revelation. It's one of my favorite lore books, actually. It's super spoopy. So if you like super spoopy shit, definitely go read Revelation and put some spoopy mu- like music on and really kind of like spoop it up with this lore book. It's really good. Shadowkeep was perfectly released. Yeah, it really was. It was released right around Halloween and had like all the spoopy spirits. It was released early October. Mm -hmm. So then by the time we actually got the entire lore book and read through it, it was like, oh, crap, this is this is the perfect time of year. Yeah, that and just the music was really good. The atmosphere and like all of the cobweb shit on the moon and like it's all really the atmospheres excellent i love shadow keep oh yeah anyway do you want to read the next one yeah and that is luna three yulia's eyes fluttered open as she roused herself from a trance the techian had been recuperating from her time in the ascendant plane by completing a series of restorative meditations No sooner had she regained her bearings than Glint scooted in front of her face. Excuse me, um, Techian Yelaya, the ghost began. Now that you're awake, do you mind if I ask you a few questions? His shell flaps tilted sheepishly. How long have you been watching me meditate? The Techian asked, bemused. 143 minutes, Glint said. It was quite impressive. Crow can barely sleep for an hour without yelling at invisible enemies. The invisible enemies are the most dangerous, Elia responded. Just look at Sabathun. Glint hummed noncommittally. He couldn't tell whether the Techian was joking or not. Speaking of invisible enemies, Glint segued. I wanted to ask you about a sinister group of pumpkin-headed monsters called the Headless Ones. Maybe you heard of them during your training. Yulia frowned quizzically. I think I might know something of the ones you seek. But to be certain, you must first tell me. What's a pumpkin? What's a pumpkin? What do you mean, what's a pumpkin? I mean, I guess if you don't know what a pumpkin is, I guess you can ask that question. Well, I mean, you gotta remember, like, they don't have much connection with humanity or anything, and they don't have much connection with their past. And there's the fact that, you know, a lot of what we consider regular crops aren't a thing in the future. I mean, for example... Pineapple. Pineapple. I love that. So it's just, I mean, yeah. I like how Glenn is low-key a creeper, and she's just super amused with how long he's been watching me meditate. 143 minutes. Right. (laughs) (laughs) It's so creepy. Like... She comes out of meditation, and there's this ghost just floating there, staring at her. How long have you been there? Quite a long time. 
143 minutes. Gosh. <laughs> I do like how he's asking her about headless ones, which he coined. Right. And so I don't know why she would know what they are at all or pumpkins. So what he just spouted was like a sentence of nonsense. Right. Exactly. So, yeah, frowning quizzically. <laughs> she, she'd just be like, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. But yeah, OK, I'll I'll humor you. Because he's so cute. You can't not. Right. God, I love him so much. When did that happen? October 31st, 2021, 324 p.m. No, actually, you're Pacific, so 1224 p.m. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Every single time I say that I like him, you're just going to mark down the time, aren't you? Yes. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> Put it in a spreadsheet or something. My shame. <laughs> But no, like this, this entry was very straightforward. Mm -hmm. This is a Tekian that we've never seen before, never heard of before. And then there's Glint. Uh, the one thing that, that kind of strikes me as odd, and it's just because like, I can see how he, he came about this way. Mm -hmm. But Glint saying that Crow can barely sleep for an hour without yelling at invisible enemies that's that's diving more into mental health of guardians like it's crow's got some serious ptsd to the point that he doesn't sleep that long yeah whenever he does he just needs help yeah right and i'm wondering how much of that is because of how guardians have treated him in the past i just wonder how much anybody sleeps anymore or how much guardians sleep in general. If you're not sleeping in the tower, I don't think guardians sleep very much. Well, and especially since time passes differently for each celestial body. Like, mm -hmm. what's day here is night somewhere else. And it's going to be a longer night than what it is here. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, also, they sleep in their ship sometimes. Or, you know, they sh sleep under a tree where they camp yep we saw a lot of guardians just camping or cargo containers who knows what they do absolutely yeah poor crow i feel bad for him i do too yeah should we read the next one absolutely okay this is luna four but why pumpkins glint asked in confusion Many Golden Age cultures celebrated the transition from autumn to winter by honoring the spirits of the dead, Cryptarch Urelli replied. He rummaged through a stack of ancient tomes stored individually in vacuum-sealed containers. The time of the year was thought to be a liminal phase when living could communicate with the dead. Cryptarch finally located the tome he had been searching for. He put on a pair of white cotton gloves and unsealed the container. This is one of the few remaining source documents on the subject. It was published specifically for gentlemen, an esteemed social class at the time. He began gently leafing through the volume. He 
Here it is, he said, pointing to a chapter entitled Pumpkin Body Paint is the Hot New Holiday Trend. It featured depictions of unclothed humans with orange ribbed gourds painted on their most globular anatomy. As you can see, pumpkins featured heavily in the iconography of the time. People would paint them all over their bodies, even in highly inconvenient locations. And this helps them communicate with the dead? Glint asked, incredulous. Hmm? Cryptarch Yorelli replied absently, mesmerized by the historical photos. He frowned. That part of it remains unclear. Of course you get the entry with pumpkin titties. Um, yep. Pumpkin boobs. <laughs> or pumpkin butt. I mean, I don't judge. Dude, the first time I read this, like, I was just, my brain went straight to, like, straight to pumpkin balls. And people are, were like, how did you get to pumpkin balls? I'm like, I don't know. And then you were like, no, it's pumpkin tits. I'm like, it is pumpkin tits. <laughs> um that's the tweet pumpkin tits was born yep um could also be pumpkin ass could be pumpkin ass but anyway i i don't even know where to start with this one um the beginning is good I, glint is talking to this crypt arc who we haven't seen a whole lot of there's a mention on the shards of galanor that's about it. But Glint is talking to this this cryptarch, asking, you know, why pumpkins? And then this cryptarch just pulls out a gentleman's magazine and just shows off, like, porn. Yeah. That's what I would do. Because, like, it, it's not an innocent thing. Because otherwise, like, why would cryptarch Yarelli be mesmerized by the historical photos? Like... He just no, it's porn. He just whipped out this porn mag, and he, he got mesmerized by titties. Yep, I mean, if you're gonna save some historical documents, it better be porno mags. See this, this just I mean weird that you saved porno mags and it wasn't just like I don't know, just on the internet. Yeah, would they save like fucking Maxim or something? I have no idea. I don't either. Is this the, like the fabled <laughs> that it, I hear this on the internet, but I've never seen it in reality, and I don't think it actually exists anywhere? That like, what is it with guys saying that they find porn in the woods? Is that a thing? If it is, I have no clue about like, it. Like, teenage boys go in the woods and they find porn. Like, who's finding porn in the woods? Who's leaving porn in the woods? Is there a secret porn exchange I don't know about? I have no idea. Am I in the wrong woods? I'm in the woods all the time. Granted, they're not woods. They're like privately owned like farms, like tree farms. <laughs> but they are technically woods. I guess. <laughs> no like i i have no idea because i don't ever go out into the woods yeah and like i've heard of it enough in 
various media mm-hmm. as like a plot point mm-hmm. or a joke that I suppose there was some truth to it at you know once upon a time, but I and nowadays I have no clue. Right. So should I continue on? Yes, unless you want to talk about pumpkin titties somewhere. Oh, I could all day, but let's move on. Uh, oh. I do want to say I'm surprised that they saved these historical documents for as long as they did because paper is really, really hard to save for that long, depending on like what it's made out of. Yeah. So they had to have really archived it well. So this cryptarch is doing their very best to, you know, not get bodily fluids all over it. I knew it was going there. This is Luna (laughs) five from the private notes of Dr. Wade Bow, K one dig site four date unknown. Nobody has slept in over 12 days and people are becoming desperate. We're out of, pentobarbital, and dexmedetomatine. Instances of alcohol abuse are up dramatically. One poor woman even tried to knock herself out with diluted isopropyl alcohol. Meanwhile, my hallucinations have gotten stronger each night. The shadow is becoming clearer and clearer. For the first time, I realized why it seemed so familiar. The shadow is me, or another version of me I also realized why I didn't recognize it sooner it's because that version of me from whatever time or dimension he doesn't have a head what does he want now this is really interesting that this hallucination doesn't have a head when everything else we have ever seen of Everything from Shadow Keep, they've all had heads. Every single floating spirit have all had heads. So this would have been the very first instance of one that didn't. Yeah. My thing is, if it didn't have a head, how would he recognize it as a different version of him? Exactly. (laughs) I'm thinking... It probably did have a head, and now he's just thinking it doesn't. Because we know that the headless ones, whatever they are, are, you know, big, you know, enemies that we've had already. Yeah. And explode with candy. They aren't like the floating spirits that we see from Shadow Keep. Right. They aren't those hallucinations. So I don't. But see, I don't know because this is like separately written. So I have no idea if they're implying that suddenly the shadow keep ones can be different. What do you think? And especially since it's several years after we've dealt with the shadow keep ones. Yeah. But all the shadow keep ones were. This is my problem. Like we would see floating red spirits, but. Maybe the people who saw them were not seeing that. They were actually seeing those people because Eris always swore that, you know, the five that were floating around her were the her fire team. But that's not who we saw. But we only ever saw the red. 
we only ever saw the red, but she saw her fire team. So that's possible. So perhaps people who are being haunted by those spirits are actually seeing those spirits and are actually seeing like that representation. And so while we personally cannot see her fire team, we're just seeing the red spirits. She's actually seeing her fire team. That's that's possible. So he could be seeing his headless self, even if we're only seeing the red spirits. The other possibility that came into my head, um, and mm-hmm. it, it's just because I've seen horror movies lately, because like he recognized the body, but it doesn't have a head. What if he's seeing it like how the person died? So essentially he's seeing how he dies. Oh, it's like a future death of him? Yeah. Oh, that's creepy. Like there's nothing. I like that. There's nothing to back it up. This is purely because I've seen a lot of horror movies lately. But it's it's like, what if he's essentially getting a forecast of his death? Interesting. I like that. <laughs> I mean, I like that idea. No, like it, it would play into your theory of like, so why doesn't everybody see it? Well, it's specific to the person. Right. So he's seeing his future death because it's specific to him because the spirit is like projecting that to him. Maybe. Yeah. That's very creepy. I like and, it. And the reason Eris isn't shown it is because. Technically already dead. Yeah. That or, you know, she's still considered a guardian. You know, she's still. I mean, she's she is a guardian. It, right. Yeah. Right. So, so like, she's already dead. Yeah, that could be it, which is why they moved on to her fire team. Like, that's why they, they showed her her fire team instead of showing her her future, you know, final death or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and for us, that's why it shows us all the nightmares that we have to go and fight. You know, the nightmare of Gaul, the nightmare of Crota. It could just pick like what it thinks we're afraid of too. So her greatest fear is her fire team. Losing her fire team again. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The guilt over her fire team is her greatest fear. So then it it would play back to Dr. Bo. You know, what's his biggest fear? Him dying. And what, Mm -hmm. what way of, if of death is he most afraid of? Right. Could be that. Or, you know, He's just, it's or it's just a headless whatever, <laughs> right? So we we've, we've got a handful of theories at this point. We do, yeah. Pick your favorite. Yeah, there's it's we have all of this disparate lore that kind of fits together like a puzzle that you don't know what puzzle it goes with. So you just have like all these different pieces that you could maybe fit together if you had a hammer and like could just maybe (laughs) hammer them all like one puzzle. Yeah. Be like, no, you you will fit. I'm going to fucking make you fit. That's what she said. (laughs) I'm going to read this next one. Yeah, go for it. This is Luna 6. That way, when they lit the candle, it would light up the face carved into the pumpkin. There was a long pause as Yelia studied the hologram Glint had projected for her. 
And this was common during the Golden Age, the Techian asked. It was, Glint nodded. Humans used to put this pumpkin head all over the place. They would even paint them on there. But why? Eliah interrupted. Oh, they thought it would help them speak with the dead, Glint chirped matter-of-factly. Techwitch furrowed her brow, piecing together many fragments of disparate lore. If these legendary pumpkins were tools for seeing beyond the veil of death, she mused, then it makes sense they would become the emblem of... She looked at Glint expectantly. The Headless Ones, Glint encouraged her. I'm really trying to make that name stick. I think it's pretty neat. Oh, God. <laughs> like right there is the confirmation and there it is right there is the confirmation that nobody else is calling them this he is no he is I knew I knew it was in this lore book somewhere <laughs> there it is good job Clint <sighs> but yeah they're talking about jack-o'-lanterns and possible yeah. reasons for it mm-hmm. and then relating it back to well you know if these legendary pumpkins were tools mm -hmm. then it makes sense why they would become the emblem of the headless ones <laughs> lol <sighs> like the fact that he coined the term and is trying so hard to make it a thing just uh mm -hmm. but yeah yeah uh it pretty pretty straightforward entry yeah for for all that this book has, since there's the last book had, and when I say last book, I mean for last week for all the Europa books or Europa stories, there were about three stories in that one. We had the story of, what was it, Mortimer? Was that Mortimer 3? Mortimus? Um, Mortimus? Mortimus 3, Finding the Tower uh, with his friend. And we had the story of of Glint talking to the Cryptarch. And we also had the story of... That poor hidden. That poor hidden who got benched after going a little bit crazy and leaving his super secret hidden story report all over the tower, which later Rindle actually pointed out that it could have been Glint that left the report all over the tower and being the leak in all of the information. So Glint could be the leak and not just people having bad security. It could just be Glint. It's still bad security. It's just... It's bad security, but... <laughs> the accountability is shifting. Yep. It really is. So, Rindle had a better way of describing it, but he pointed it out when I was at work, and I'm like, oh, you could be right. <laughs> it could be Glint. Right. Cause it, like, long after he put the episode together. Because it could be yeah. Glint just going around like, hey, listen to this report. Do you have anything to contribute? Ugh. Yeah, yeah, that's not the way to do it. But this this book also has three stories. It has the story of Doctor Wade Bow and um, Revelations, kind of you know looking back at the moon. 
mm-hmm. and it has the story of the cryptarch or it has the story of glint of the cryptarch separate kind of looking at the current just looking at the tower and going through information and then also the the tech yoon yulia i think we've decided is how you pronounce her name but that story doesn't really have much to it right like which is kind of unfortunate the the story of the with glint and the cryptarch and glint and the techian like that could still be just one story period it really could yeah so it's it's like glint is is bouncing around from person to person asking about information mhm so like i i see this as two different stories you've got yeah. the revelation bit from dr wade and then you've got yeah. glint interviewing people right i just see yelia is the one person he keeps talking to separately so i see that as its own story because she's you know in awoken like techie and so probably in the dreaming city and that's fair um or in the helm like separately so it's in a just in a separate location and that's fair and yeah and then dr wade bows probably because it's private notes so it's a lot like the mortimus three or whatever yeah mortimus three that was from last week yeah so a lot like last week where it was a found document or a found recording a lot like that so it's like discovered documents that link back to older lore that we've had yep so this links back to shadow keep the last one linked back to Deepstone crypt so i do like how it links back to like older um dlc that we've had i do too and it's like big dlc it's not like just little bits of lore like this is this links back to like the the big daddy story that we've had of like destiny this isn't like a little tiny like little pp lore this is like (laughs) a giant story little pp lore shut up (laughs) it's like the big story of destiny from shadow keep is revelation what (laughs) little pp lore okay what Revelation isn't tiny pencil dick lore. It's like I, I'm not arguing it. <laughs> I'm I'm not arguing against or for. I'm just saying we shouldn't be using that term. Hi. Uh, yeah. Are you afraid it's just like not large PP lore? Oh God! What? I I. You just don't want to compete with it, do you? I'm moving on. This is Luna Seven. Uh-huh. Okay. Cade used to tell stories about the headless ones. Ikor recounted with a wry smile. He said he killed dozens of them on the moon. The way he told it, they exploded like pinatas. She raised her eyebrows. Of course. It only ever happened when he was alone. The rest of us never found anything but Hive. Do you think there might be some truth to his stories? Glint asked, encouraged. Cade wasn't a liar, but he did love to embellish. That's what made him a great storyteller. She chuckled at a happy, unspoken memory. 
Glint arched his shell flaps. So you wouldn't mind if I looked at those reports? Ikora considered. I don't see why not. The files are decades old by now. Just promise me one thing, she said. If you do find something, tell me. Tell everyone. Cade would have liked that. Ooh. I miss Cade. Uh, Sometimes. We've got confirmation there that Ikora told Glint, if you find something, tell people. Which is how the yeah. the report got around the tower. <laughs> I'm assuming this is after the report got around the tower, though. It, well, but like a lot of this isn't. I'm assuming these are in because all of our lore books essentially are in order. Uh, they're in chronological order, right? Most. R- okay, so I'm assuming this is in chronological order because this feels like it's in chronological order. Yeah, and I I can I can agree with that. I just I don't know. Cuz like a, a lot of it is jumbled up. I mean, we've got two or three different stories going on and then there's three different sections for the actual book itself. Right. But I think it the first part was all Europa and he did all of his Europa stuff first. And you can pull all of the Europa stuff out separately. Right. And then he's doing all the moon shit now and you can pull all that stuff out separately. I just, I find it funny that like we were literally just talking about Glint being the leak and then we have an entry where Ikora says, if you find something, tell me, tell everybody. Cade would have liked that. Yeah. Yeah. God... Ikora misses Cade. They were good friends. She does. I mean, for people who didn't get to play Destiny when Cade was around all the time, like, that's really too bad. He was instantly the fan favorite. He was a real bright spot. But I can understand why Bungie made the decision that they did. Yeah, Nathan Fillion's really expensive. Well, even more than that. Okay, you know, taking cost out of it. Yeah. He was pretty much driving the majority of of interaction with with the player. Yeah. You know, when people remember dealing with the Vanguard, they remember playing missions and having Cade pop off quips. Yeah, that's true. So it was it was almost like one character was carrying the franchise and they wanted to stop that. right which i think sometimes is a detriment but also it has helped the series grow yes and mature it needed to mature although i i would have just good i would have loved to have had Cade from shadow keep onward like i would have loved to have seen how he would have reacted to some of this Mm mm-hmm yeah. But anyway, yeah, this this entry was Glint talking to Ikora, asking if she knew about the Headless Ones, and Ikora's like, yeah, I think Cade mentioned something about them before. Nobody ever saw them, and they always happened when he was alone, but, you know, 
Yeah. I do appreciate that Cade saw them and said that they exploded like pinatas. So I'm glad we're not the only ones that have seen this. Because they do in game. Like I know. So I'm glad that he's also seen it and it has confirmed that the game mechanic is something that is confirmed in lore and it's not just a game mechanic. I appreciate that. It's it's nice when they tie in the actual game mechanic into the story. Yeah. Fucking pinatas. Okay. I'm going to read the next one. <laughs> All right. This is Luna 8. From the private notes of Dr. Wade Bao, K1 Dig Site 4, date unknown. The hallucinations have become persistent. My headless friend now appears during the daytime. I see him out of the corner of my eye, but when I turn my head, he disappears. I've also started losing time. I'll blink and suddenly I'm in a strange location. Several hours later, I'm not sure if it's short-term memory loss or a fugue state. Yesterday, I woke up in the equipment locker standing in front of the plasma cutters. Several were already missing. The shadow was standing right next to me. I think I know what he wants. That's more creepy. That's, that's, mm. You can see that the doctor is becoming more unhinged. Like, there's no punctuation. There's barely capitalizations. This is, this was hard to, to type out when I was actually like transcribing this from the lore in the game, like onto a document because the document kept trying to like auto punctuate and <laughs> auto capitalize everything. And I'm like, no, you will not do this. <laughs> so I'm like yelling at Google docs as I'm trying to like type this out <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> It that is amazing. Very ornery. It was being very obnoxious. But there is there are, is no punctuation. There is no capitalization. Everything just runs straight together in this. The only thing that's capitalized are proper like the word I is capitalized. Those are the only capital letters. Well, and like I, I'm pretty sure a lot of that is because it takes longer to do a lowercase i than it does a capital i that it really was those are the only things that were capitalized in the lore in the book and, and like I, i'm taking it from from yeah. the in-game character's perspective like it oh it's, yeah. it's just a line versus a line with a dot you know right but like yeah they're they're starting to become unhinged like he even says it you know they the hallucinations have become persistent my headless friend now appears during the daytime. He sees him in the corner of his eye. And then when he looks, it disappears. Oh, man. It's just all kinds of creepy. So, you know, the um, the the creepypasta Slenderman? Yeah. So the same kind of idea is like if you turn your eye and you look in the corner of your eye, you can see him. If you look, he's not there. I think they did a Doctor Who episode about this. Yeah, it's the same kind of idea. So this, it reminded me of something like that, where it's just it reading things like that just give me like 
such heebie-jeebies and I can just feel the skin crawl on me. The thing that very much frightens me in this, though, is how he woke up in the equipment locker standing in front of the plasma cutters and several were already missing. Yeah, that's that's problematic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, and the fact that they've got memory loss going or it, what they describe as a fugue state. Right. And he just wakes up in random places like an equipment locker. Yeah. Don't like that. And we know he's not the only one affected like this. Consider my skin crawled too. Like, ugh. yeah, no, thank you. Should I continue on? Yeah, please do. And this is our final entry. Luna 9. Monsters exist in Awoken Legends, some of which originated during humanity's golden age. Yulia explained to Glint as they strolled through the dusky gardens of the Dreaming City. It was a time when many attempted to subvert the laws of life and death, like Clovis Bray, as well as a faction of the Hive. Yulia raised an eyebrow in Glint's direction. Bray used the tools of the Vex, while Hive blasphemers practiced the magical art of necromancy. Her tone darkened. Both succeeded, after a fashion. The early Hive experiments were done in secret, under the guidance of a powerful wizard, whose name we'll not mention here. Not Chris, Glint offered. Yes, Yelia grimaced. The unmentionable wizard created many abominations, using deceased and living subjects, including your unfortunate moon miners. She steepled her fingers. It's possible that access to these powerful pumpkins were a boon to his research. Her eerie gaze pierced Glint's mechanical eye. This may explain why the Headless Ones persist to this day and why their flaming visages bear a similarity to your Golden Age relics. Wow, that explains a lot, Glint marveled. But, he continued reluctantly, pumpkins aren't powerful relics. They're just fruit. They are indeed, Yelia concluded direly. The fruit of the damned. The fruit of the damned. <laughs> I like how dramatic she is. Like, I think it's because they have no concept of Halloween is just silly for us. And so they think all of these traditions that we have are trying to talk to... I mean, yeah, we have like day of the dead and things like that which are and there's a lot of traditions around like you know greeting your loved ones and you know the veil being thin and you know things like that but there's also you know people are painting pumpkins on their boobies apparently yeah according to the you know <laughs> the historical documents 
Yeah. And yeah. And so if all of your historical documents are you're painting pumpkins on your tits and you think and you you have pumpkin headed monsters that explode in candy and an earnest ghost shell that's also kind of an idiot because glint's not smart he's still not smart guys we can like him he's still an idiot like he's still a few like forks short of a cutlery drawer so i i would say he's four he's, tines short of a, a fork oh so he's just a knife <laughs> <laughs> lol but it this is just they're trying their best with having so little information and so little context it's a lot like trying to do archaeology with just no information whatsoever on whatever civilization that you're trying to do work with and it's probably very frustrating and so you have zero context for what it is you're looking at yeah or you're looking at it through whatever lens that you currently have like the hive and so you just assume that early humans were like the hive like, that's a scary thought. And people weren't just, you know, painting pumpkins on their tits because they just liked doing that. Not because they were trying to actually, like, do anocris. I mean, <laughs> there's a difference. <laughs> I am surprised that they talked about anocris, though. We haven't heard anocris in ages. Not since Season of Arrivals. Yep. So it's been over a year. Yeah, it has been a really long time. No, actually, it's almost been a full year. Um, but yeah, so are we ready to close this out? Yep. Did you like this lore book? Section of lore book? I did, but not as much as the previous one. Yeah. I enjoyed the revelation parts of it. Because we literally got to see the dive into madness with each entry. But the glint part, like, it was good for a couple laughs, but there was no real substance there. What about you? Yeah, I'm pretty much on the same boat. Like, I enjoy the revelation part. Seeing Dr. Wade bow again was a joy and kind of diving back into K1 and getting to revisit all of that lore was exciting for me because I really enjoyed Revelations. Mm -hmm. And I really, like, that's one of my favorite lore books. And so any excuse to go back to Revelations is a, is a, a good excuse for me. Like, I will take that excuse any day of the week to go back and look at that lore book and kind of tear <laughs> it apart and think about it. Like it's that lore book to me is a good look at the way kind of the human psyche can play tricks on you. And especially with like, like, is it a lack of sleep? Is it an environmental thing? And then is it, is it a group thing? Because everyone's experiencing it at the same time. 
And so you have all of these different aspects kind of playing against each other. Plus you have the artifacts, plus you have kind of the darkness creeping in. It's a really interesting lore book and it has all these different dynamics. So I find it really fascinating and it's long. It's a very long lore book. So I actually really like reading it and I find it very creepy. So, oh yeah, completely. It's Revelations. Revelations is one of my favorite lore books. So, any excuse to go back and kind of tear it apart and see names that are familiar is a good read in my eyes. So, I enjoyed that aspect of it. But yeah, the rest of it, the rest of it was there is not much there. Like the Techune stuff, they're. Eh. I mean, yeah, they mentioned Nocris, but they, I mean, she mentions the unmentionable wizard created many abominations using deceased and living subjects, including your unfortunate moon miners. Yeah. But, like, I don't know how. Right. And And I'm taking that as the fact of, like, because of security clearance compartmentalization stuff, a lot of that information isn't disseminated. So right. it's just left up to the archaeologists to be like, oh, yeah, we're connecting these dots, even though they don't belong connected. I mean, the only thing I can think of is like. Really, honestly, the only thing I can think of is maybe a reference to Nocris and the Tree of Silver Wings uh, with that entire quest from Season of Arrivals. Because that was a really big part because that was Nocris talking to us in those quests. No. Yeah. It was the darkness talking or trying to talk to us and Nocris interfering for mm -mm. Sabathun. Yeah. But yeah, Nocris was there and talked. That's the only thing I can think of is that Nocris was there talking to us. And that was that was the last time that Nocris was there. And that's I, I can't think of any other time that Nocris would have ever been. And even then, that wasn't even on the moon. No, right. I know that was on IO, right. which is why I'm like really struggling to think of why Nocris would have been associated and with even it. Even then, like they're trying to associate Nocris with Moon around the Golden Age. Like that's the thing that gets me is it's around the Golden Age that they're trying to associate him with. Yeah. He was frozen under Mars. So it comes down to the fact that a lot of the information of Vanguard operations hasn't been disseminated to the general public. The cryptarchs are left connecting dots that shouldn't be connected. I mean, there is one from Warmind Mission, Destiny 2 Warmind Mission, Ice and Shadow, but this was from Mars. Where there was Nocris talking with like the Warmind and us 
when we were talking with Nakros, and even then I still can't. That was just like I I'm struggling. Right. There that's I've I've got nothing. And and that's ex- I've got nothing with the moon. And and that's exactly <laughs> the problem. Yeah. Like this is nonsense. It like at this point I'm I'm sounding like a broken record, but I think a lot of it boils down to the fact that the cryptarchs are trying to create an answer with what information they have. So then they're like, oh hey, dot A needs to connect to dot M. This is the, you know, we have B and C and we have L and K. So obviously it goes through those and then just immediate connecting to each other. If someone knows, like, please tell me, like, seriously, just like, just add us on Twitter or send me a message. Our DMs are open. Like my DMs are open or email us or something like, or tell us in discord because like, I need to know now, like, what am I missing? Because I have like scoured Ishtar and I cannot find anything. Like I've, I've been looking at Ishtar as we've been talking and I cannot I've been looking through, I do transcripts on Ishtar. I've been looking through all of our transcripts and I can't find anything. Right. I just, I really can't find anything. And I'm, I'm sticking with my answer because it's, it's the only one that will absolutely 100% make sense. Which is? The cryptarchs are making answers based off of the information they have and not the whole information because they don't have all of it. I just think that the they're just making things up. Right. They knew there was hive activity on the moon back in, you know, the golden age. And then they just likened it to Nocris because they don't have information about like Crota being there. They don't have information about, you know, Nocris being frozen on Mars instead. Yeah. It's, it's because the Vanguard has created... A lock on a lot yes, of Yes, exactly. The Vanguard has taken certain bits of information and said, oh, you need this kind of a security clearance in order to actually see that information. And the Cryptarchs don't have that kind of clearance. So they go off of what they do have and they make connections where there shouldn't be. Or the Techians do, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Because it's Yulia. That's okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's next week we're going to be on Nessus. So we'll see what Nessus has to say next week. Yeah. And we'll we'll be back to our very favorites AI in the entire game. So (laughs) we'll... We'll finally get to talk to Failsafe. I miss Failsafe so much. <laughs> Poor Failsafe. I've so ignored. I visited her this season just because she's selling Exodus down gear that is like oh yeah redone for this season. Oh, is it rolled really well? No, I just wanted to check boxes off of collections. Oh, okay. I think I already had that gear. Maybe. I'll have to go check now. Now that you've said it, I'll have to go buy it. <laughs> Damn it. God. 
God, I'm I'm like you when it comes to collections. When it comes to gear, I have to have it. Fuck. Right. Like I'm waiting for Hornets. for Zer to sell a lot of the Gambit Prime stuff and the, yeah. the Trials of Osiris I've got year all. one stuff. Oh, I've got all the Gambit Prime stuff. I I but. grounded out for one character and I said fuck this. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I have it. I have it all on my Warlock. But <laughs> if they've got good rolls on some things, I might buy it again. Just because. Well, and and but. it's it's still going to be sunset armor. Yeah. The only reason he'd be, you know, selling it is so that people could turn it into ornaments. Yeah, that's true. Darn it. They did say that they are going to rework Gambit again. So I'm almost afraid of that. That was in a bungee call. Yeah, that was in a bungee call that they had last two days ago. I'm so look forward to I'm that. I'm almost afraid of that. Mm-hmm. Because I remember what happened mm-hmm. the last two times they've reworked Gambit. Yeah, bring back Gambit Prime, make Gambit good again. Anyway, uh, do you have any shout outs? Yeah. Uh, hmm. Shout out to my brother. Him and I got to talk for a couple hours yesterday and it was just really good connecting with him because he's been busy with school and I've been dealing with things, but on my own. So it was just, it was good to connect. Oh, that's good. What about you? Um, Shout out to our community. You guys are all really good people, and I wanted to thank you for that. So we have a really good batch of people that listen to this podcast, and uh, it's rare to find or to collect. It, I don't know the right word to say. To bring together. But, um, bring to... That's a good one. Uh, it's been... Almost, gosh, how many? Oh, it's almost been three years since this podcast started. I think. Actually, it's been three years. Hey, three years. So it's been three years now since this podcast started. And in that time, we have brought together, brought together uh, many people. And we have a really good community. And uh, our Discord is full of really nice people. And we rarely have any problems, if any, which is kind of rare in a community as large as ours. And right. I wanted to thank all of you for that. Like, you are all really good people. And, like, the Destiny community can be really shitty sometimes, but I'm really glad that our community is full of very nice, kind people. And, like... You know, the two of us can be like really shitty about stuff or I can be really shitty about stuff. But, I, I, you know, you guys are really I tend to have opinions really and nice and kind. I voice them in, in yeah. ways that I you, I then later yeah, look at. You guys and I'm like, let us have. Yeah. Like I tend to voice them in ways and that I later look at and I'm like, oh, I should have worded that differently. Yeah. You guys let us have our opinions and uh, you don't fault us for that. And I really wanted to say thank you for being kind and generous people. And don't think it does not go unnoticed. Absolutely. So 
um, thank you very much. Like from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Yeah, thank you all. So we have some special thanks for this episode. The audio for this episode was produced by Rindal Zevas. You can find him at Rindal Zevas. The artwork for this episode was created by Volshock Berserker. You can find him on Twitter at Volshock B. And the music for this episode is copyright of Bungie. We are able to use it under their fair use policy because they love their content creators. If you'd like to dive into the Destiny lore on your own, visit ishtar-collective.net. We actually didn't use them for our show notes this time because I was the one that pulled them from the game and wrote them into being on the Google Docs. And it took me a whole episode and a half of NCIS. Or two episodes of NCIS. Either way, so, you're welcome. thank you. Oh, you're welcome. But it's actually on Ishtar now, so you can just go ahead and read all of them. So, um, so yeah. But thank you, Baxter. Uh, I appreciate everything you do. You are a good person. Thank you, Baxter. And I like your website. Thank you, Baxter. Uh, here are some reminders. You can find us on Twitter at guardians underscore lore. You can find me at hey, it's orchid. You can find Elemist at I underscore am underscore Elemist. You can send us an email at guardians underscore lore at outlook.com. You can leave us a review wherever you can find the podcast. Let us know if you do or don't. I mean, whatever. If join our discord, if you'd like, you can join it at discord.gg slash lorehub, or there is a link to the discord invite in the description for this episode. Almost say goodbye. 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 Happy Halloween. You've really seen it all, Glint said. And blindfolded. Eris's focus sh- <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Many Golden Age creatures celebrated the transition from autumn to winter by honoring the Cultures, spirits of the creatures. dead. Fucking creatures. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's creatures. Many Golden Age creatures. Like the Skellington yeah. of Jack. <laughs> the Skellington of Jack! <laughs> I mean, he is a creature. God damn it. <laughs> Thanks for pointing that out. I would have just blown right through it. I'm reading along and I'm like, wait a moment. <laughs> God damn it, okay. I think I read Glint and Glint's just a creature to me. Maybe. It really is. Maybe. Alright. You rummaged through a stack of ancient tombs. Tomes. God damn it. <laughs> a stack of tombs. It's just fucking bodies on his desk. Oh yeah, because I mean just... you gotta <laughs> keep grand keep <laughs> you gotta keep granddaddy's tomb right under grandpappy and you know. <laughs> That's where I keep them. I don't want them wandering away. Right. You never know when you're going to find them, like, <laughs> under your bed or something. Oh, fuck. 
Can't have that. 